All right, guys, welcome back to CLE Tribecast. I'm your host, Jeremy Lawless, and I am, of course, joined by the ever-popular Mr. Kevin Sleds. Kevin, how are you today? Ever-popular, wow. That, uh, <laughs> appreciate that. Well, you've uh, been around for a long time, so. A lot uh, of we're not, we're not going to go there. We're not going <laughs> to go there. Uh, just join another, uh, another uh, winter day in Northeast Ohio. How about you? Yeah, no, today was kind of a shit show for me. Um, you know, trucks being out on the road, we had six or seven trucks out on the road in the snow in Youngstown where they don't usually get more snow than we do here closer to Cleveland. But anyways, it was kind of a mess, but guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Of course, we are CLE Tribecast. We are part of the Mark One Sports family where you can catch Ethan over at Mark One Sports Pod. You can catch him on Moneyline DFS. Again, he's made over $100,000 this year in daily fantasy sports, so definitely take advantage of his free articles that he gives you. Uh, we also have the Ultimate Warriors, which are covering the Cavs that just started preseason, and Isaac Okoro. Is it Isaac Okoro? Yeah, he's, he's looking good. Woo! Man, 16 out of 18 points in the fourth quarter in his first game, just being clutch, passing the ball, shooting the ball, defending. It's been fantastic. Ben and Teddy Christopher will get you all of your Cavs info that you need over at the Ultimate Warriors. And we have the Danger Zone with Josh and Rich. Um, Kevin, I know you watched that football game the other night. Oh, yeah. That was, that was insane. Goodness. <laughs> My goodness. Oh, the Paul Pierce poop in the locker room. Anyway, <laughs> Josh and Rich break down everything before and after the game. They've been do- doing two episodes a week. It is literally the best Browns news and coverage that you can find. So check them, check them out at the Danger Zone, where the G is a six. And Kevin, and for the video audience, as you can see, we are joined by another guest. We have Mario Gagliardi. Mario, how are you tonight? Doing great, guys. Just uh, enjoying another winter day out here in Northeastern Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, that's really all we can do, right? I'm sitting in my garage. You guys are wearing, like, T-shirts. <laughs> I've got, like, 14 layers on sitting in my garage because – we just moved in in August and I haven't built my room yet. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit chilly. If you see, I'm not smoking right now. Um, but anyways, so Mario, I'm super glad to have you on. Thank you for having me. Of course. So, I mean, before we get into really why you're on and, and what we're going to talk about, just take a minute, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. I mean, who is Mario Gagliardi? So uh, my name is Mario. I have been a Cleveland sports fan um, for as long as I can remember. Born in Euclid, Perry High School. Now I'm living in Cleveland. Um, And during quarantine, I've had some time to make some videos online. So I've made some sports videos and I've kind of interacted a little bit more on the Twitter with some sports content. Um, just, uh, you know, it's a strange time that we're living in, 
and you got to pass it somehow. So I've, I have made some different videos, some videos that have gotten good receptions and then some videos on the internet that have gotten some not as good reception. Well, if that isn't a teaser, I don't know what <laughs> is. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely checked you out on Twitter. Thanks again for coming on. I think this is a great opportunity for us, for you, um, to just kind of get together and kind of talk a little bit about Cleveland Indians and, you know, Cleveland sports in general. Um, obviously, CLE Tribecast is a little bit more Indians-based, so we'll kind of stick that way. Um, so, Kevin and Mario, I mean, did you guys hear – the news recently about Omar Vizquel, who is every year he gets a little bit higher, gets a little bit more percentage votes of the Hall of Fame. And if, if you've seen the, the first time, the first ballot guys this year, it is probably the weakest it's been in, in the last few years. So this is really a good opportunity for Omar Vizquel to get into the Hall of Fame here with this next vote. But then some news came out, Kevin, what is that news? Supposedly there's some, some d domestic abuse accusations by his wife that uh, she says allegedly he's been abusing her like for, for years now. I know he's, he's, he's denied it. it. I mean, it was kind of, kind of came as a big surprise to me. I mean, there's some guys you'd hear that and say, okay, I, I can see that, but not Omar Vizquel, not I mean, from all, all accounts. He was a great teammate, great with the media, just a, a great all around guy, but. You never know what's going on behind closed doors in somebody's personal life. So, yeah, he's always had such a hard case with the sabermetrics, specifically the wins above replacement, because he's more of a defensive eye test kind of guy. Does the clutch moments, has those big hits, but his wins above replacement is not high enough to get him into the Hall of Fame by himself. And getting some domestic abuse uh, rumors pretty much crushes it. I, I mean, I love watching the guy growing up, but he's going to have a real uphill battle trying to get in. Yeah, and it's this, – so this report coming out makes me think he had or has, had or has, whichever you prefer, a better shot this year than what I even thought going into it, right? I mean, this – this seems very petty. This seems very personal. It seems, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you think tough, it's a, a hit piece. You think it's a hit piece on Omar Vizquel to keep him out? Look, so obviously I, I'm kind of, I don't know if I would say a traditionalist because I'm, I'm not. Um, I am married. I would never, ever put my wife in that position where she would even have to consider saying something like this. Um, and if you're out there, you know, abusing your wife, you, you shouldn't fucking do that. And I don't respect you at all. Um, now, with that being said, it seems pretty convenient for this to be the timing for something like that to come out. It's a heck of a coincidence. It's, it's, a, it's a really big coincidence. Now, obviously, if something happened, like, dude, you should be held responsible, not just in the Hall of Fame voting, but also with everything else. But at the same time, it seems pretty, seems pretty convenient. And I'm interested to see how this kind of plays through and plays out kind of going forward. Innocent until proven guilty. That's true. For sure. Um, and that's really good for like legislation and, and charges or whatever, if that's even possible. But with Hall of Fame voting, 
you're you're very much not innocent until proven guilty, right? right. Um, I mean, if you're in that steroid era, you're you're met with a certain level of not getting voted for um, by the majority. Well, like his, like Mar- his like, defensive. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say, just like you said, uh, guilty or not, this this may kill his chances. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. His defensive wins above replacement is seventh at 29.5. So he's such an incredible defensive player. That is his best case. Offensively, he's average. But breaking down how wins above replacement works and what percentage of that is uh, weighed towards your offensive stats and what percentage is weighed towards your defensive stats, because the Omar Vizquel and the Roberto Alomar um, – middle infield was above pretty much any other uh, middle infield Indians have ever had. And they've had some very good ones, especially with Lindor. So it's how much of that middle infield, you know, plays into whether or not he gets in. I mean, the, the nineties, the mid nineties, it was such a great time to be a tribe fan. And he was a leader on that team. He was consistent throughout all of those years. He was such a big part of it betting up towards the the top of the lineup that I think he deserves to be in the conversation, but I think his statistics are just not going to do it. And I, I wonder how much of that is, you know, he played for such a long time and some of those later years, maybe that, I don't know how Windsor public, I'm not super good with the Sabre metrics, but I wonder how much not being uh, phenomenal in his later years might change his earlier statistics. Sure. Um, I, I definitely agree. I also wonder, did he play too long? Did he get further along into the analytical part of the game long? Like, so after, after he was done in Cleveland, right? If he retires, he waits his five years. Maybe we're not into the advanced analytics. We're not into those, those advanced stats. What if he was up for it? 10 years ago. Exactly. Is he in? Because then you're just going off of awards, right? You're going off of all the, all the gold gloves. I mean, he was a decent hitter. I mean, he wasn't great hitter. He was decent. Um, but if, if the Oz can be a hall of famer, you have to make the case for Omar Vizquel, right? And that's, that's the argument I always make right there. But second so, all time in gold gloves for a shortstop, only Ozzy Smith. He's got 12. Omar's got 11. So it's the toughest position to play uh, defensively shortstop. That's your, that's your leader. I mean, center field is important, but it's, it's definitely the shortstop. I mean, the game was played a little bit different then. not, I mean, now you can even make a case that the shift has made the shortstop's job a little bit easier because sometimes you don't have to cover that middle spot. Sometimes you have someone that's just sitting there. So I think it might be underappreciated how much he, how much range he had uh, up the middle, but now with these advanced sabermetrics and, you know, all these people looking at it, it's hard for me to make the argument against what they're saying as far as how good of a player is he is because they, they look into such fine details. Baseball is a game that can be quantified. Sure. Sure. I mean, so we'll see. Uh, I, I feel bad for the guy, man. I mean, we'll, I, I, I hope he didn't do it. I hope he didn't do anything like that uh, because that would make me feel a little bit less of him. But, um, you know, hopefully he, he makes it in there. I feel he deserves to be in there. I don't really care about 
advanced ad- I don't I don't care about analytics as much. Um, I think it's ruining kind of the product that you see when you turn into Major League Baseball, and I think that's reflected in in its popularity consistently going down year over year. Um, so kind of going into the next thing because we can't have a podcast without mentioning number 12, right? So the winter meetings are, are done and over with. Kevin, we talked previously that we would need to see some kind of rumbling about Francisco Lindor uh, around the winter meetings or right after the winter meetings. And have you heard anything? Cause I haven't heard a, a, a single thing. No, the only thing I've really heard is what we mentioned last week, the Indians supposedly wanting to trade him to Toronto liking what Toronto has, but that doesn't mean <laughs> Toronto's going to want to make the deal and give up what they want. So no, I mean, the hot name on the trade market has been Nolan Arenado. It's, it's been yeah. pretty quiet on the Lindor front. So maybe once he's traded, maybe that opens things up for Lindor, but you know, we'll see. I expected to hear some kind of rumblings by now at this point. Yeah. Cause usually there's a piece to fall and then right. things kind of go in line. Um, with, with the year that 2020 was, I, I mean, we're not going to go and explain what everyone went through over the last nine months, 10 months, but it's, it's definitely a different kind of off season. It's definitely kind of slowing down trades. I mean, Mario, do you have like, I'm kind of throwing this on the spot because we haven't talked about this. Right. So like, right. you don't have to have like anything specific, but do you have like, at least like a, like a dream scenario for it? Um, do you have a team in mind that you, uh, like to see him go to think he might go to you got to listen to all the offers but if he's going to be dealt I hope that he ends up in the National League and not the American League the last thing I want to do is see him during the regular season playing for any other team right yeah I mean that's that's where I'm at um I'm okay with the Blue Jays a little bit I don't I don't know if it gets done man I just don't see with Bo Bichette being there I just don't see the desire to do it um, and the fit, I guess. I was a big – I circled the Miami Marlins a long time ago. I mean, we'll see if anything kind of plays out there. They've been super, super quiet, so I don't like my odds. But I'm going to still throw up Miami. Um, so, Mario, let's get, let's get a little backstory here on, on, on why you're on today, you know, what kind of got our attention. So – the other day, was it Sunday, the USA Today uh, leaked a story that the Cleveland Indians were going to announce that they are going to change their name. Now they Anonymously are, sourced. Anonymous source. From three separate, uh, three separate executives or people in the, the organization. So they're going to keep the name in 2021, and they're going to start their process on officially changing their name um, with – insight and guidance from civic leaders. So obviously that's a big thing. The Cleveland Indians have been the Cleveland Indians for the last 105 years. Before that, they were the Spiders, the Naps, the God knows what else, right? Um, So that is a big deal. Um, And it's interesting that they're keeping the name in 2021 because they're kind of saying that it's, that it's wrong um, but it's okay to, to keep it, to not have like a Washington football team scenario. So they're not going to be the Cleveland baseball team. So right. that's very, very interesting. So when that was kind of announced officially on Monday, Larry Nance Jr. of the Cleveland Cavaliers 
kind of gave some claps, gave some claps. Let me see if I can pull this up here quickly. Uh, I don't have that one. I think it was, it's about time or something along those lines. Clap, clap, clap. clap. Well done. I well believe. done. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, and Mario, you might've taken a little bit of issue with that. Um, because then well, the first comment that you see on this, on this Twitter post is, uh, is Mario with a big old gas can and a Larry Nance Jr. on his driveway pours way too much gasoline on this, on this jersey and then a trail. And then, you know, you got the five gallon water jug there. Um, and then you light it on fire. So what, so let, tell us all about it. Like what were, what was the, what was the motivation there? What specifically got you to that point that you wanted to express yourself in that way? So I've been making videos all quarantine. I've been making all types of videos. And some of them are popular and some of them get many, you know, they go places, there's conversations around them and some of them, they don't go anywhere. And Larry Nance Jr. is such a important sports figure here in Northeastern Ohio, not only because he plays on the Cavs, but also because his father played um, that, you know, he does get a lot of support. He just recently, since that tweet, he came and said, send him some small business hats and shirts and he'll wear them when he's coming through the tunnel. He'll get photographed with them. So he's supporting small businesses around here. Um, but he had a take on the Cleveland Indians name change that it was a good thing. And I feel differently. I have a different take. I think that it hurts the team. I think it hurts the team when they could be in their prime. So I had a Larry Nance Jr. jersey. I'm a fan of his. I still think he's a wonderful guy. But I did make a video of burning the jersey on some cement in my backyard. And the it was about a minute long and it took off. It went many places, um, like 100,000, over 100,000 impressions. I don't even know what it's at right now. And the overwhelming response was negative. It was, I got panned. I got, I didn't even know what the word ratioed meant on Twitter, but I got ratioed. I got dragged. I got just, uh, so you know, what does demolished. what does ratioed mean? So to have a good tweet, you want to have a good like and retweet divided by quote tweet ratio. So it's a mathematical formula where if you if the denominator, the quote tweets and replies is very large, it's a bad tweet. You're getting ratioed. If the likes and the retweets are very high, then your, your tweet is good. So it's basically a mathematical form, formulation on whether or not your tweet was well-received. I mean, you can look at the content of the replies and the quote tweets, and you'll know the was, general sentiment also. Yeah, it was It not, is a mathematical term. <laughs> it was not well-received. It was not well-received. And I, you know, I think, so obviously we know 2020, it's a bunch of keyboard warriors, right? We're not those people. Kevin he started typing on a typewriter so he gets it so we i okay so i kind of had this idea let's bring you on let's see what you're kind of about right because right. 
so often people will just see something like that. They disagree with it. They'll type a bunch of words, vomit things out, and then never think like, and then never think of it again. But they felt so strongly about it, at, like for one brief moment, and then they'll kind of move on. Um, and that's kind of we're seeing that kind of intensify right now with with the pandemic, right? Everyone's fucking bored. Everyone's bored. Everything is so exciting and so like divisive it's very device it's so divisive and they everyone cares about it so much for about five and a half minutes um so what i will what i will say as we kind of get into this and we'll, we'll we'll circle back around we'll just have an easy conversation because you had mentioned you know his thing about small businesses and he's going to actually take his jersey from those games um and whichever small business that he wore for that day he's going to sell that jersey on auction and that and donate all the proceeds to that small business as well such so, a wonderful thing to do it's a great thing to do right and obviously it's amazing especially in these times it sounds like you're not like against him right i um, think that he is wonderful yes but everyone is like automatically like quote unquote you're an idiot like you know what i mean like everyone's just like, oh, this guy's an idiot. He's doing this all for clout, which may be a thing, right? Like you're trying to build something. You're you're making videos. You're trying to build things. Like what's wrong with that? Um, so it's 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 ba- what it reminds reminded me most of is um, in the movie where you have Bill Hader and LeBron playing basketball, and you have LeBron being so much better than Bill Hader that for him to even do one thing good it would be almost impossible. He looks completely outmatched. That is Larry Nance Jr. on Twitter versus me. He's got hundreds of thousands of followers. He has a very passionate uh, base of support. And for me to go up against that, the results are predictably awful. Saying something negative about Larry Nance Jr., if you have a platform like mine, is going to end up terrible. However, what I will say is it did bring a little bit more conversation to the topic of should the Cleveland Indians change their name? And there are people out there who believe that changing the name is not the best move. I mean, the Washington football team has not had a good season doing it. It looks bad from a public uh, perception. And Also, in the Indians' case, it's going to hurt them. It's going to hurt them financially. It's going to make players who might otherwise sign with them think twice. It's going to hurt a team that is in their prime. So I think that it is not a good move. I understand people who think it is, but I think from does this help the team or does it not help the team, I think it hurts the team. Kevin, uh, where are you at on it? I don't think I know. We had a uh, we we had an episode early early on um, when they first started started kind of rumbling about it, uh, probably in the first ten episodes. But Kevin, like, what's your take on it? Because you weren't you weren't on here yet. So no, I I don't really agree with it either. Um, I'm pretty much against changing the name, but I I understand kind of both sides of the equation. Um, I, I didn't really agree with Larry Nance. But I love Larry. Um, you know, he's, he's a local kid. <clears throat> Comes from a great family. I've met his dad. Um, I'm, I'm not 
into the jersey burning thing. So I didn't didn't sure. really agree with that, but I mean, to each his own, that's fine. Um, and I, and I, I think you've been roasted enough. I'm not going to roast you about it. <laughs> no, I, I think that I have uh, nothing but warm thoughts to everyone who said uh, negative things to me on Twitter. So I did spend some of this quarantine and I'm going to give my two cents on if you ever find yourself in a situation where there is a social media mob coming for you, these would be my recommendations as someone who has experienced that. <laughs> so I have spent some time on TikTok, which is like the newest social media. And for a while, it was sort of like the wild, wild west. They're still developing their community guidelines. And you see some content on there that probably would not go as far as it would go on Facebook and Instagram because they have kind of more moderation or some more, you know, uh, effective tools to keep stuff off there that shouldn't be there. And what, what I've seen is the people that have come under assault from a mob of people on social media is what you should do is you should like every single comment. So go through all of the people that say, mean things to you, just like all of their comments, especially on Twitter, because whenever new comments come on, they kind of get sorted randomly into different places. And you'll be very tempted to read everything. You want to see what people are saying. So like it all and then do nothing. Don't clap back. Don't uh, take down the tweet. Just let it run its course. Because for maybe like two or three hours, it was on fire. It was like a dumpster fire. Twitter is very prone to dumpster fires. And then, you know, 24 hours later, it's like it never existed. There's extreme, like the amount of views and impressions and people talking about it go down drastically after that. I mean, if you're committing a crime or you're breaking the golden rule, maybe you should consider deleting it. But I think that these things, they can give you so much adrenaline that some of your reactions, some of the natural reactions, the fight or flight to either, you know, try to make fun of that person or just delete it. I think those are mistakes. I think you just wait it out. I think that's the way to deal with it. You don't have to post. I mean, people on line, they make videos and they make, uh, you know, mistakes. They put stuff up. There's videos and images of people that they don't want to be around online, but running from it, I don't think is the, the move. If anything, you want to double down. So after I did, burn the Larry Nance Jr. jersey. The next day I came outside and I burned a Larry Bird jersey, a, a 33 Celtics. And it was pretty much silent. So it's, you know, you're gonna they're gonna come at you in so many different ways online. Like I couldn't believe the creativity of the people that tried to take shots because everyone kind of took different lane, lanes like it was you know, one person was make fun of the haircut, make fun of the posture, you know, obviously call the person a racist. Um, and other people, you know, went different routes with it. And I was very impressed because I, I think that the people that go online and they make these comments and they reply to other people, especially under avatars, not even like your face and your name, like people that's like Maker Bayfield 7, you know, that has a Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, picture with the Santa hat and a mask that person's going to come at you because they don't have any uh, stakes in it. They're an anonymous person online. So you're going it, to, it's something that does happen online that doesn't happen in the real world. It's like the cancel culture and stuff right now. But I, I think the best thing to do is to just, even if your video is not the most flattering video in the world, just take a deep breath. 
it will pass. So I, I did go through a lot of the comments, right? Like, cause obviously right. I was interested in having you on and a lot of people were kind of saying, Oh, I'm just doing this for the, you're just doing it for the clout. You're doing it for a little bit of, you're doing it for people seeing it, um, you know, kind of seeking attention. So, you know, the, the initial video, the Larry Nancer Jr. Jersey, I get it. Like it's a reaction. Um, I don't necessarily think it's just for cloud. I think, you know, you, you expressed it's a message. that you didn't it's agree. A, you know, it's like a meme. It's a piece of information. Yeah, you, you didn't agree, but I will say I did. I was confused because I didn't think that originally. Right. But then right. you came back for the Larry bird and then you came back for the Iris James Jersey. Right. Obviously those views were a lot less. People were kind of done and over it. So right. what was the reasoning behind those? Were you trying to capitalize on that like additional attention a little bit? So it was just a doubling down. So I think when people are coming at you online, what they're trying to do is they're trying to change your behavior. They're trying to cancel you. And doing the same thing again, I feel like is saying that even though you have called me this or that or made this statement, that I will persist, that your comments to me are not going to change my beliefs. So it was also to me a social experiment to see, I mean, I can't believe, like, I don't know what makes a video viral. There are some videos that you post, especially with these algorithms on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, you know, Instagram, like how does one video become so well known and so, and you know, watched and what is it about those videos? I think it was like, as soon as you, it's a hook, you got to know within like one or two seconds, what's going to happen. So if you see the Jersey and you see the gas can, you know, it's going to happen. Um, but it does kind of fascinate me, especially in this age where a lot of people are spending time online. What is it about certain videos that make them viral? And what is it about certain videos that don't go anywhere? Cause I see some good stuff on TikTok that I think is going to go places and it doesn't go places and other things, you know, they go everywhere. So, I mean, in part of it, it was doubling down and part of it was kind of a social experiment. Like this went somewhere, will this go somewhere? Can it be repeated? Sure. Sure. I get that. I get that. So now were you reacting specifically just to the, the clap, clap, well done or the well done clap, clap? So, or did you like, so this is, this is what I'm saying because um, Kelsey Russo, who's a staff writer for the Cleveland Cavaliers kind of had a, a, a little bit more in depth conversation. So I'm going to read through this a little bit. Uh, so at Monday shoot around Larry Nance Jr. Spoke on changing the Cleveland Indians name. Um, I think it's the right move for a multitude of different reasons. We've evolved so much as a people, as a country since then, whenever the name was founded, there were so many things, different rights for me. If there's a group of people that say, hey, we disagree with this, this is wrong, who am I to, as not a member of that group of people, to tell them, you're just being petty, who am I? I don't necessarily understand that point of view. To me, if the Native American people don't appreciate that name, then it's time to go. I'm not just a fan of the Cleveland Indians, I'm a fan of, the Cleveland, of Cleveland baseball. Just because they changed the name doesn't mean I stop loving the players, stop loving the manager. If it makes a group of people feel less marginalized, then I'm all for it. So what specifically in there do you disagree with Larry on that? So what I would like to see is a conversation be had 
that is not just limited to the Cleveland Indians. I, you, you lump in the Atlanta Braves, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Florida State Seminoles, and the Chicago Blackhawks, and you deal with it all at once. You know, I feel that the Washington Redskins case is different. You are not only talking about a people, but you're talking about a physical attribute of those people, which makes it more offensive. I think the Cleveland Indians is different. I do understand the reason why you would get rid of Chief Wahoo. That, I think, is the right move for sure. But when you have this conversation, you do it with all of those teams. You do it with the Braves, the Chiefs, the Seminoles, and the Blackhawks. I think all the teams should sign a pact that either they all change it or none of them changes it. Because it's, you know, it's arrived from Washington to Cleveland, and then it's going to go somewhere else next. Maybe it's going to go to Kansas City. Maybe it's going to go to Atlanta. It's going to go somewhere else. When it's one team or another and you have all these other same teams that are doing the same thing, I think that that is the wrong way to approach it. I think you approach it with every single uh, team that's involved in it or, or none. Okay. No, I get that. Um, it, that kind of feels to me, though, like, so if the reasoning is, well, why should we do it if the, this person isn't doing it, right? That is, I, I mean, I, I, I think everyone, like, kind of growing up has had that conversation, right? Like, oh, well, this person's doing it. Why, why do I need to change it? So I don't, I think that's a pretty, I'm not saying that I want, and I want to be like, I'm not saying I want them all to change. Like, I'm not saying it, but like that stance, if I fully believed in it, seems pretty, pretty weak. Like, um, like obviously the Braves tomahawk chop, right? Like right. that is, Same that thing. is, that is a, a racist thing, especially in 2020. That is something that people won't like. Right. Um, so should that be changed? I have do it do it once and and get it over with. Either you do them all or you do none of them. Sure. So that that's how I feel. I understand. You know, just because your friend jumps off a bridge doesn't right. mean that you should do the same thing. Um, it's it's a tough topic, and there are good points on both sides. I think that this is a conversation where it's very easy. It's more politically correct to say change the name, but I do think that people there are people that feel very strongly the other way whose views are not really represented um on twitter or on somewhere else and kind of at least allowing space for that conversation is something that i'm happy to see from that tweet although you know i feel bad not only like i didn't really take too much from the backlash of the tweet but people that were around me were more concerned about the negative replies so that's Another thing to think about is if you do have, if you're on the wrong side of a Twitter video or some sort of social media controversy is not only are you going to be targeted, but also people that you know are going to feel a certain way about, they're going to read those replies. So I have an, uh, an amazing fiance. She is an angel. She puts up with a lot of my more unique characteristics and she allows me to be creative in ways that I think other people would not. And she did see the replies from that and she was horrified. She, you know, did send me a message and say, hey, what's going on with this video? And, and the ability for her to uh, be deferential to me, to, me, to allow me to uh, just kind of wait through it for a couple hours and see what happens was phenomenal. 
Um, I do believe that Twitter is such like an ephemeral place that you should be clearing your tweets at a regular interval, whether it's a week or a month or whatever it might be. It's just uh, bad tweets. You know, you got all these players that bad tweets come up like seven or eight months after that. It's, it can be a place where you don't want all this, these videos to just kind of sit there forever. Um, but, you know, my fiance was concerned. And actually the next morning, I was just having a cup of coffee, getting ready for my day. And my father just like busted through the door and he's like, did you see what these people said about you online? And that was surprising to me because my father doesn't spend any time online. So for him to, for the bad tweets, for the replies that felt a certain way to reach him was a little bit of a surprise to me. So it, um, it was a interesting experience. And I think that there are good points on both sides. I don't think that it's a clear cut decision. If it was a clear cut decision, you would not have the Atlanta Braves. You would not have the Chicago Blackhawks. You would not have the Florida state Seminoles. So I think that the conversation should be had and I, people do have views that they should change it. Um, you know, but I, I, I'm positive that it hurts the team. It hurts them in revenue. It hurts them in attendance and they are in their prime right now. So my my big stance is that do it when you're rebuilding. Do it when your team is not very good. Do it when you're selling. If you're gonna um, trade Francisco Lindor and burn the team to the ground and start trying to you know bring up minor leaguers, great time to change your name. But you know for a team that has been so good for the past couple of years, I think that this is going to hurt them, and I, I don't like to see that happen. Well, so to kind of. <clears throat> kind of point out what you just said. I mean, we're there. We're trading Francisco Lindor. We're going to have three or four prospects in the starting lineup. So now the starting pitching, starting rotation is intact and it's probably one of the best, if not the best in Major League Baseball. So you always have that to stand on. But as far as a rebuild, we are there. Um, we are very much there. They are going to cut their payroll from 107 million to somewhere between 44 and 35 million dollars for this year. That's not cutting 30, uh, 44 to 35. Their final bill being around the 35 to 44 range. So they absolutely are kind of rebuilding the team. And this is my argument to the people that like. Oh, well, it's always been the Indians. That's, that's a stupid reason, all right? You're not emotionally invested in anything. It's always been the Indians. I have memories of going to the Indians games. It doesn't matter to me. That, 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 that memory doesn't matter to me at all uh, because I'm an Indians fan. I still use the term Indians because they're still the Cleveland Indians. It's not offensive to me. I can kind of understand how it would be offensive to some. However, if you sign Francisco Lindor, like say – Tomorrow, December 17th, the Indians come out, they change their name, okay? 15 minutes later, the Indians sign Francisco Lindo, Lindor and trade for Mike Trout. What's the reaction? Positive you, or negative? Positive or negative? Positive. Yeah, positive. You, could change, you could change it to the Cleveland Lindors and let him be the team name. Sure. You can keep him. He's so good. Him, Jose Ramirez, and Shane Bieber are enough to make you competitive in the playoffs. They're Absolutely. so good that even if you have a low – I mean, look at, you look at the, uh, Tampa Bay and how well they did with a low payroll. So the payroll is not your chances to make the playoffs, your chances to win it all. It's your players. And right now they are a team that has really good players. Do they need help? Yes, obviously. 
but I, I, I'm not convinced that that window has shut. I think that, you know, a long season might be a little bit different than a 60 game season. So who knows if they have, uh, you know, such a good chance to make the playoffs this year, especially with the twin surging. But I, you know, it's, I think that you want to make this run before you, you know, as a mid-market team, burn it all down and trade, you know, trade everything. So, you know, if you want to make a run this year or you want to leave the door open to make a run in the next year or two with some very, very talented players, um, you know, just keep the status quo, just keep things going. Cause I think that this is a move that hurts the team morale. I think it hurts the team financially. So I think that, I want to know who those anonymous sources were that leaked the story to uh, what was it? Who reported it first New York times. And York then it times. went to ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious who those anonymous sources are and if you know what their intentions were, is this something that now that uh, were they going to tell people, were they planning on releasing a statement? How did this story break? So that's what, that's something I'm curious about, but I do think that the, you know, this is not a good thing for the team at least in the short term. In the long term, I think it'll be a very positive thing. But if you're in, in the short, in the very short term, in the year, next year or two years, I think that this is, is not good for them. Now, I, I guess I'm still confused as to why. Like, why, like, so I come, like, I, I run a business. And, um, you know, I follow sports teams like crazy. I, I personally feel like the Cleveland Browns should not have came back to the Cleveland Browns. Maybe the last 20 years wouldn't be so terrible. Um, not that the team name really has that much to do with it, but I think that kind of makes a point, right? Like the team name doesn't really have that much to do with it. And sure, it's nostalgic and I get that and I, I respect that. Like I was five, six, seven, no, not five. I was seven, eight, nine years old going to playoff games in the 90s and sitting in the upper deck about as far away that you get from home plate and feeling that stadium shake. But the team, like, I'll tell you that the team name is, I I don't, is not what I remember about that. It's going there with my dad, with my uncle, with my brother and having a great time. I I just, I guess I just don't understand the, the argument that, Oh, it's always been there. This is what I remember. Like, regardless of, literally how anyone else feels about it. And I get cancel culture. Like I get that. Like I understand that that's going on, but you know, things are different than 56 years ago as well. Right, Kevin? I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think what they're doing with the team and what, what they're doing with the payroll, I think is going to have a much more negative effect. Yeah. Than, than the, the team change that name change. I mean, Lindor is going to be traded. Carlos Carrasco is probably going to be traded. You let, Carlos Santana go you let uh oh my god I can't think of his name second baseman Cesar Hernandez Cesar Hernandez Brad Hand I mean you're probably gonna you're looking at a 30 to 40 million dollar payroll for next season and and an infusion of of minor league players top prospects so so Mario I mean just to kind of go back like so you said like in a couple years when when they're rebuilding I mean I feel like we're there like so why not now? I do think that James Karinchak can close games for them. So I, I think their rotation is still strong. The bullpen's strong. You got two very good infielders. It would be nice to try and get Cesar Hernandez. They probably won't pay him. They probably can't afford him. But, you know, I think the window is still open. And 
they're it's not so much about nostalgia I, I just think that this is a move that does hurt the team a little bit and the morale idea is that you know you are wearing uh Indians across your chest I think that saying let's go tribe let's go Indians is going to be a harder message to get behind if everyone knows oh you know a year from now it's the spiders or a year from now it's it's the whatever the the team name may be so that is the point of view that I'm behind I think that it's a it hurts their competitive ability to win baseball games this year um, if they had just finished last in the Central, if they just came off a season where they did not play well, I think that is better timing to do it. Um, there, I mean, the nostalgia, I understand. You didn't go to the, you know, Cleveland Rockers baseball game with your grandfather. You didn't say, let's go tribe with your, you know, uh, cousins when you were in the backyard playing with a uh, wiffle ball. So there is some nostalgia to it. If you do want to make all these changes, I just think they should be done collectively. I think all of those teams that are in the crosshairs of this conversation should all make the decision together for the wagons to just go from town to town to circle of wagons and figure out which team is going to change this year. I I don't like that. I think that it's uh, it's something that not only this year will they be like, oh, they're going to change the name, but in – three years you won't be able to say Indians on the broadcast and in five years you won't be able to wear you know Cleveland Indians merchandise to the game because it's offensive so I I do wonder not you know is this the how I think that it's it's uh something that is leading in the wrong direction okay I mean yeah I mean I don't agree um I I don't I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't really agree. I don't, I don't see how changing the name would affect the performance of the team. I don't at all. Um, you know, like, like you think Kevin it will said, decrease the amount of merchandise they sell this year? Uh, this year? Yeah. Do you think they'll sell less hats, less shirts, no, they, less all that? No, because they sold more Indians apparel when they announced that they were uh, getting rid of Chief Wahoo. Yeah. Um, so people will buy up every Cleveland. Then it could be a short-term positive than a negative. So it's because they need they need the money. They lost so much last year. I don't. I don't actually think they lost any money. I think they're fine. Um, I mean, so you build the baseball lost three billion dollars last year. They're fine. They're fine. That's Joel spread out. Is not rolling in the billions like some of the other owners. He's uh, that's 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 not even true. Uh, the Dolans, you know, the Cleveland Indians are owned by the Dolan Trust, which is the same trust that owned Madison Square, Madison Square Garden events or whatever the fuck they call it now. Uh, yeah. They're worth over five billion dollars. Um, they built STO starting in two thousand and six, and then sold it in two thousand and thirteen for two hundred thirty million. So that's cash in your pocket. And then, right. they, then they sold the broadcast rights for to Fox for four hundred and forty million dollars over ten years, which expires at the end of twenty twenty three. So if you add those two totals together, that two thirty just that two hundred thirty million just goes in your back pocket. So they could have been operating at negative ten million dollars a year over the last twenty years and still be in the positive. So I don't. They're not losing money. Um, they are running it exactly opposite. Um, they are running it to make money off the team, which doesn't make any sense because the value 
in owning a major league baseball team is in the, the sale value, right? Like you build up that yearly value. They bought it for Do you think changing the name changes the sale value? Do you think a, a potential owner doesn't want to jump into a baseball team that's embroiled in uh, I think it incre- I think it in- I think it increases it if not in 2020 in 2025 or so in yeah. 5 years when you know because you, you you've mentioned like oh the Braves should be on here the Chiefs the Blackhawks the Seminoles they should be all on there right I, I think that pressure is just going to mount and grow and so might as well just get it over with now and so if you get it company. if you get it out of the way and you don't have that kind of dilemma that that drama surrounded with your team name, uh, then the new owner doesn't have to come in and deal with that. Right. So that's already done. That's already taken care of. I'm a big fan of selling more jerseys. I think the, the way I disagree about it is it, it's kind of the easiest thing, right? Like I, I already kind of mentioned it. If you change the name of the team, you release the new jerseys, have some kind of spectacle. And then on that same day announce, Hey, we've signed this player to a long-term extension. We've brought in this player. I think the people that, that give a shit, frankly, about right. the name change, they're still going to go out. If they like Cle- Cleveland baseball, they're still going to go out and buy that jersey. They're still going to buy the memorabilia. And then they're still going to sit at home on game day and not go to the games. Like the Dolans don't have this everyday sellout that, like back in the 90s. Not, we're, we're, not go, we're not selling out the game the stadium 457 times in a row. We are staying at home. We have one of the worst attendances, usually in the bottom third in the league. And it's from their eyes, it's the perfect time to do it because the fans aren't going to the game anyways. Kevin, what do you think about the valuation of the team? You think it helps them sell jerseys? You think it hurts them? You think the the franchise is more valuable, less valuable, or no, no changes? I think initially it's going to help them. Like like Jeremy said, everybody's going to be buying up all the all the Indians' uh, apparel. Um, I'm not sure initially once the name change is made what the reaction is going to be. I know I think there's a bigger majority of people who are against the name change than are for it. So I think initially it may, it may hurt, but I think in, in time, you know, all, all time heals everything. And I, I think they'll be able to sell the new name at, at, in any given time. I just, and, and I'll just say this before we kind of, kind of wrap up and Mario, I'll let you plug all of your stuff, uh, your TikToks and all that fun stuff. Attention span. And this kind of goes back to like how everyone reacted to, to the video on Twitter, right? Everything's so short. The, the attention span on it was short. People came on, they said what they had to say, and then they let it go. Um, and that's enhanced right now because everyone's kind of living a different kind of life than what they did 10 months ago in 2019. I think it's one of those things that would we like the Cleveland Indians name to stay? I would say yes. Mario, you obviously would say yes. Kevin, you would say yes, yes. right? Correct. Um, and we would all love it to stay. But at the same time, you know, this is not like a new issue with people wanting the name change, a, a specific group of people, you know, being offended, not liking it. Um, and at some point, things change. And, right. and that's where we are. Um, and I don't need the Braves to come on board. I don't need the Chiefs to, Chiefs to be on board. Just 
just rip that Band-Aid. Let's get it. If you're going to change it, let's, let's just rip it and go. I think me, for my money, of course, it's easy for me to spend hundreds of millions of dollars. That's not mine. I, I think the game plan would be change the name, but then you have to bring a star player in or retain them. I think that would be the way to go to make people get over it faster. But Mario, if you want to kind of comment on that and then feel free to plug all your stuff away. Jeremy and Kevin, thank you so much for having me on. I am a big fan of all of the uh, the shows that I've listened to. I think last week was your best show and you guys are going places. Um, I will plug two things. I will plug, I am on TikTok and I am on YouTube. Both of the accounts are Doc's House, D-O-C-S-H-O-U-S-E. I have a Dalmatian um, that is a, he's named Doc. Um, we actually have five, pu five puppies right now and four of them don't have homes. So if anyone is looking for a dog and they really want, um, you know, a Dalmatian, you really like fresh air, hit me up with the email. I will ask to put that into the show notes and uh, whatever the name may be. I do hope that we get back to the World Series and for the first time in my lifetime, we witness a World Series champion Cleveland baseball team. And that is the most important thing, Kevin. Yes, I is. would have to imagine you would agree. So, Kevin, what else you got for us? I uh, just want to thank Mario for coming on. Um, just wanted to say, you know, I, I could have easily been like everybody else, seen the tweet and said, hey, hey you're an asshole, fuck you. But instead, I wanted to bring you on and kind of get your perspective, kind of get your motive behind it. And it, it was nice, nice hearing what you had to say about it. So I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. And definitely check out Doc's house, right? And that's where the Dalmatians are. You got are. it. Man, I had, I had Dalmatians growing up. Um, we had two or three of them just kind of right in a row. They're great dogs. So definitely check that out. But anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. Do not forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening. Leave a five-star review and subscribe. That would really help us out. And be sure to check us out on video later on in the afternoon. And uh, Mario, again, thanks for coming on, buddy. Uh, but other than that, we will see you all shortly. Oh, put me in Perez, Santana, Santana makes the catch! For the sixth time ever, you will have a World Series.